0: Let's pray. God, we thank you that in you we have everything we need. Forgive us for grasping for things that we don't. Allow us to see the goodness around us. God, I pray that you would open our minds, that you would open our hearts, that you would open our best laid plans. For unless you speak to our hearts today, nothing of value will be said. So give me your words to speak and keep me completely out of your way. In Jesus' name, Amen. (laughs) Some things about me I'm a pastor. Also, I'm a woman, I'm 80% Scandinavian, I'm really competitive. You should see how many shorts I brought for the competition. I'm winning for sure. All those things about me, you, you know, God bless you all, you really don't care that much. I mean, you're interested in me as a person, but they don't make a difference to you as far as my vocation as your pastor, but for some people, some of these facts do make a difference. Last week, a famous church called Saddleback ordained women for the very first time, and it caused a bit of a stir in some circles. I had an old friend of mine make sure that I knew that according to her reading of a letter from the Apostle Paul to Timothy about a particular pastoral issue in a particular church, that I should not be in a pastoral position. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks, friend, thanks, it's helpful. I didn't know that. Now, don't spend an ounce of energy feeling sorry for me because I'm used to it. Coming from the denomination where I was originally ordained, my gender came up a whole lot. I'm so thankful to be in the ELCA in general, and in Grace Lutheran in particular, where my gender is one of the least exciting things about me. But what I've come through prayer and reflection to know is this, that it's none of my business what people feel about God's call on my life. It's between them and God, and that my call is between God and me. The really interesting, I think, and compelling thing about this happening this week on Ascension Sunday, where Jesus is amazingly, you know, floats up into the sky, and the, the disciples see the bottom of his feet and, um, and say goodbye for the, for the last time to his earthly body until he comes again, is that this is when we officially and collectively get called off the bench by Jesus. This is where the people of God realized that this whole God incarnate thing was a prelude to God's love embodied in us.
1: That it was a glimpse
0: into our own future. We humans, bless our hearts. That's what we say in the South, right? Instead of saying we'd like to wring their necks. Am I doing it right? Yeah, that's right, okay. Bless our hearts we love to draw lines and set up fences and generally make things really complicated when god made them very simple we have our excuses locked and loaded as to why we aren't the best people for ministry and sometimes we even have those excuses locked and loaded for why others shouldn't as well we think well i didn't go to pastor school so it's not my job to spread the good news." Or, I'm a woman, and there's this dude 2,000 years ago who wrote a letter to one of his buddies about a woman. He didn't want talking in church, so I shouldn't either. Or, I'm just not ready yet, or I'm not gifted in that way. I'm I'm not ready. I'm tired, and on and on and on. But my darlings, my beloved, we are God's love embodied on this earth, like it or not. We have been called off the bench. We have been saturated in the waters of baptism, redeemed by God's love, and we are hope to the hopeless. We are joy to the joyless. We are friend to the lonely. We are comfort to the hurting. We are help for the needy. We are the good news that the world is waiting for. I used to run track when I was younger, the competitive thing, right? I was a sprinter, so I was often in relays, and I ran the 4x100 and the 4x200. And the hardest part of a relay relay race is passing that baton, anybody who's ever done it. It's not easy. So much can go wrong. So many things. So weird because you have to kind of start running, but not too fast, and you're not supposed to look behind you, you're just supposed to put your hand back and the baton is given to you by someone else who is also not supposed to slow down. It takes trust. It takes practice, it takes teamwork, and it takes grace. The early church was given its instructions by Jesus as he ascended. Tag, you're it, here's the baton. I'm leaving so that you can never, ever, ever think that it is not your job, it is loving, serving, hoping, joy-giving, healing stuff. And I'm empowering you, But but first you have to start running so that I can give you this baton. Trust me. The eyes of your hearts will be enlightened. The power of God will belong to you, embody you, fill you with divine love so that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are beloved, that you belong. And this same belonging will compel you to tell everybody that they are too. This is the crucial part of being Christ in the world that we sometimes ignore, I think. That those who are overflowing with grace and love cannot help but share it. I don't want any of you to feel guilty. No. I don't want any of you to feel like you have to. I want you all to feel so full of God's love. So full of the knowledge that you belong so empowered by the uniqueness of who you are, that you are one of God's best ideas, that you just can't help it, that it just flows out of you. We're not perfect, but we point to God's perfection. You are beloved of God, you are called, you are sent don't listen to any voice that would tell you otherwise, including your own internal dialogue. Sometimes that's the strongest deterrent, amen? You never know how much impact you can make just by being exactly who God made you to be in the world. Not from guilt, not from striving, not from overachieving, not from trying to be perfect, which is impossible, but simply being you. I'm a pastor, I'm a woman, and God has used these uniquenesses as part of me's time and time again to minister. I've been able to be present to people who have been abused by male clergy. I have been able to connect with the hearts of parents who have lost their child. I've been able to be a comforting presence to fearful children who've been abused by men. I've had young women experience calls to ministry because they saw in me that it was possible for them. God called me just as I am. And God calls you too. The baton is coming. Start running and put your hand back and trust. One of my favorite little poems I have on my bulletin board right above my desk, and it's entitled, God Says Yes to Be Me, by Kaylin Hot. It reads, I asked God if it was OK to be melodramatic. And she said, yes. I asked her if it was OK to be short. And she said, it sure is. It's OK to be tall, too. I asked her if I could wear nail polish or not wear nail polish. And she said, honey, she calls me that sometimes. She said, you can do just exactly what you want to. Thanks, God, I said. And is it even okay if I don't paragraph my letters? Sweet cakes, God said. Who knows where she came up that, with that. <laughs> what I'm telling you is yes, yes, yes. It was never God's intention that Jesus be the only one to walk this earth with resurrection power, love, hope, and grace. Jesus was just meant to unlock the idea that bringing the good news was only for a select few. And then he threw away the key. He dismantled the idea that anything, even death, could stand between us and God or anyone and God. And then he turned his gaze on us, bless our hearts, and handed us the baton. Feel all the way to your bones this morning, your belovedness. Feel it all the way to your best laid arguments as to why you are not equipped to be this precious this important and this beautiful to God's work. And hear these words spoken over you by the divine. Yes, yes, yes. Come off the bench. It's your turn, amen.